You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Podcast, presented by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your first order. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is the fantastic Kate Manjuke. You can follow her on Twitter at FFBallBlast. Kate, how are you doing today? I'm good. We are we are rolling through our, our weeks here. We have one more juicy matchup tonight. The Patriots versus the Jets, which, of course, why wouldn't Oof. that be a primetime game? Cam Newton versus Joe Flacco. Ooh, Can't wait. In the battle of the worst <laughs> wide receiver cores in football, it's, it's going to be terrible. And you know what? The, the crazy thing is they're probably going to score like 70 points in this game. <laughs> and I'm going to watch every single minute of yeah, it just it, because I'm a psycho. It, right? You know what? We, we just need, need that football life. Um, let's talk about yesterday. Um, over, over the weekend, we got some mm. nice slate of Sunday football. Uh, obviously, the the continuation of the conversation we had last week is of utmost importance. Dalvin Cook, did somebody Ooh. light him on fire? And uh, <laughs> like they used an accelerant because this man is is absolutely burning down any opposing fantasy teams. So I, we last week had the discussion: is he in consideration for RB one and dynasty? And I poo-pooed it. Uh, <laughs> I poo-pooed it. So I wanted to come back to this because I was the one that was not the believer. But my God, Dalvin Cook, what is going on? Yeah, it's been pretty incredible. Kate, listen to this. The last five games for Dalvin Cook. Are you ready? 912 yards from scrimmage. And ten touchdowns in the last five games. I mean, that's that's good enough for an entire season for some players. I mean, he's been phenomenal. The the pace that he is on this year, already over a thousand yards, total yards, already at thirteen touchdowns. Um, it's clear that the Vikings want to give him a ton of touches. He's been incredibly efficient this year, uh, averaging six yards per carry, uh, one hundred twenty two yards per game on the ground. Listen, I, I don't think there's necessarily a wrong answer here, but you know, Dalvin Cook is somebody who got paid by the Vikings. We know that he's, you know, he, he's going to be there for a while. He he's in an offense that wants to give him a ton of touches. I think at the very least we have to have that conversation now, right, about McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook, or or I think we can say there's a clear one two, and it's it's McCaffrey Cook, you know, either or, right. I think so. Um, and I think like even even more beautiful than just the absolute bananas that he is flying all over the NFL. Um, look at like the correlation between um, him getting a boatload of touches and uh, the closeness of the games or the wins that they are having. They for the first two games of the season, he had uh, 14 touches, 16 touches. Uh, or sorry, 13 touches, 16 touches. Um, and they lost those games, uh, 34 to 43, 11 to 28. Um, and then yeah. guess what? Yeah. They started feeding him much more. They, they fed him as much as he could possibly handle. They are competitive now, which is 
absolutely crazy because they started off really looking like a dumpster fire. Um, but Dalvin Cook is keeping them in the, the conversation, especially with this expanded playoff picture. I, I, I think he's the RB2. I, I can't. I still can't give up the RB one. Yeah, that's, and that's fine. And that's fine. Here, here's what I want to say to counter that. In his last 16 games, and remember, at the end of the season last year for Minnesota, their offensive line was atrocious. The efficiency went way down. Um, you know, he finished the you know last season with you know 11 carries, nine carries, 18 carries, nine carries. So he wasn't getting a ton of touches. Still, in the last 16 games that he's played. We're over 2,000 total yards and have 21 touchdowns. So I think what's most encouraging is that when Minnesota gets into the red zone and they get into these goal line situations, they're not only not taking him off the field, they're just giving him every opportunity to score. And I think that's what makes him so intriguing as the RB1 is the touchdown you know, potential is huge. We know that he could get to 20 touchdowns in any given season. We know that they use him in the passing game. We know that he has big play potential. He's just a total package. But on the other side, Kate, we do have Christian McCaffrey, who played pretty well yesterday in his first game back. Uh, you know, they did, um, you know, they, they didn't give him a full workload considering, uh, you know, some of the rib injury. And I think he was on the sideline at the end of the game. Uh, but for McCaffrey, it's still, you know, he still ended up with, I think, 27 touches, 18 for 69 in a score on the ground, 10 for 82 in a score in the passing game. Uh, so still, you're getting your 140, 150 yards every week. Uh, good shot at a touchdown. If you play in PPR leagues, you know, there's a 10, 10 extra point boost. What did you think about McCaffrey from yesterday? Oh, I was super encouraged. I, I really thought that uh, we were going to see him come back and, need some time to acclimate and I feel like seeing him return from this injury has uh is is the thing that makes me want to like hold him in that RB1 spot um you know like for both of these guys they're both young um both have have suffered some injuries uh like you mentioned Christian McCaffrey was on the sideline uh towards the end of the game it sounds like he may have suffered um some some type of shoulder injury they didn't uh clarify what that was exactly before um, or after the game so definitely something you need to monitor but god if you have either of these guys on your dynasty team you need to go all in right now as soon as possible um watching that game it was just (laughs) painfully obvious to me when you watch McCaffrey and then you watch Clyde Edwards Hilaire on the other side of the ball you know with you know the Chiefs five carries for 14 yards only a few targets in the passing game. You know, people this summer, you know, they were spending the number one overall pick in rookie drafts on Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I saw I saw him being moved up to number two or three in in dynasty ranks for running backs and the the gap between McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook and somebody like Clyde Edwards Hilaire, who we like quite a bit, is just massive right now. Yeah, there's um, it's it was uh much uh, much more noticeable when you had these guys playing back to back. So just kind of, we'll reset this really quickly. Number one, number two at running back is some combination of Dalvin Cook and Christian McCaffrey. We can fight about that at another time, but I don't think there's anybody that's debating that. At number three is Alvin Kamara, correct? And then after that, it gets really dicey. It's kind of pick your flavor, right? I, I, I think those top three are pretty much set in stone, though, correct, Kate? 
I I think so. Um, you know, m- moving down the list, I would say the uh, the next man up, at least for me, um, would probably be Josh Jacobs. I Ooh. I'm still I'm still all in on Josh Jacobs. Um, I, I I like what the Raiders' offense is doing. I think that you know this could be a um, a, a perennial competitive team. Yeah. Um, All right. That's fine. We, we'll have to talk about Josh Jacobs sometime because he he's a little bit more game dependent, right? If, mm-hmm. if the Raiders get down, it seems like they take him off the field for Jalen Richard or even some Devontae Booker. But uh, we'll, we'll come back to Josh Jacobs in another show. Uh, let's take a quick break so I can tell you guys about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. It's real chocolate with amazing flavors, and it's just a great combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste fantastic, and they are releasing six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and apple almond crisp. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your first order. That's BuiltBar.com. All right, Kate, let's do some stock up, stock down. And the first one that we have to talk about is Curtis Samuel of the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Fantastic yesterday. Uh, He had nine receptions for 105 yards on a touchdown, added in three carries for 13 yards on the ground. Uh, we're starting to see Joe Brady and the Panthers coaching staff use him more, uh, especially in the run game. Uh, what are we doing with Curtis Samuel? I, I'm cashing in. Um, I'm I, I'm liking the usage, um, I, but I I think what we're seeing is so much of of his fantasy production right now, at least, is coming from you know some of those trick plays some of that you know unique utilization that you do have he's sort of like this hybrid player Um, which is good because that's the way we wanted to see him used in the past right it is and I think you know I'm a little worried about buying into really any of these receivers like if you're not Christian Mm. McCaffrey on this offense um I mean we we have you know as disappointing as DJ Moore has been you know prior to the last couple of weeks he actually uh, he had been the more productive uh, receiver in that offense. Yeah. And it, I, I think we're just going to see sort of this uh, swinging back and forth. There doesn't seem to be a, a necessarily a clear wide receiver one at this point. Um, I think they're just spreading the ball. They're, um, you know, they're playing smart football. So, you know what? Like, I I never want, uh, you know, the guys that are playing smart football because it's yeah. It's tough because I I want that guy uh, who can't get to the second read and just has to throw it to the first read over and over and over again. Right. right. <laughs> that That's what I want. Uh, well, that's why we like Kyle football. Allen last year. Yes. Because right? he just fed targets to McCaffrey and DJ Moore. Yes. And like that, that is really good for fantasy production sometimes. And I just, I, that's not what we're seeing. I think that it's just going to be this revolving carousel of, of, you know, you produce this week. Robbie Anderson produces next week. DJ yep. Moore might never produce again because that's what it feels like. Um, it, go buy DJ Moore also. It, yeah, I would, I would agree. I, I, I think Curtis Samuel's stock is definitely rising. It's just I think the ceiling is relatively low. He's on pace for 
about 900 total yards and four touchdowns, which is fine if you're looking for like a flex play every now and then. But I don't think he's somebody that you have to have in your lineup. He's not a he's not a every you know game or you know wide receiver two or even really a wide receiver three. It's really dependent on the matchup, and even then, it's just so hit or miss when he has success. So I, I agree with you there. All right, Kate, I want to move on to another one that we talk about pretty often on the show, but that's for good reason. Uh, Running back Jonathan Taylor. Oof. Ah, man. So he he got the start yesterday. um, Six carries for 27 yards and a touchdown. He was running the ball really well. Then he had a fumble, and Baltimore returned it for a touchdown, and then we never really saw him again. It was Jordan Wilkins. It was a little bit of Naheem Hines. Uh, it was the Michael Harris, whoever the Michael Harris is. Um, I, I just don't know what do we do with Jonathan Taylor now because the, the the talent is you know there, the situation is there. It just seems like every week, for whatever reason, he's not providing the value that we hoped. And you know what he's you said it, it it's everybody on the field except for him. It feels like um, mm-hmm. you know over the last two weeks he's played 31 and 34 percent of offensive snaps. That is not good. Um, I mean, what we liked so much about Jonathan Taylor's uh, you know profile, he was productive and he could handle a, a large workload. Um, and we're not seeing the production without that large workload. I'm not sure what to make of just his rough start in general. His, he's had some questionable vision, um, just hasn't quite looked like that same player. And you know what? There's certainly an adjustment time. So if you're looking at you know one of these rosters, uh, I, I think he's a great buy because they still we have a very very large volume of college play that we can pull apart and see like you know. That player's still got to be in there somewhere. Sure, um, I agree. We it saw just... too much out of him for too long to uh, suddenly think that he is he's not that kind of player anymore, or at least not capable of doing more than what he's doing now. So I think he's a clear buy. If you have a uh, if you have a you know a, a contender in your league who has Jonathan Taylor, and I mean right now Jonathan Taylor is dead weight to any contender. Mm-hmm. I'd go and make some offers if you're if you're going to rebuild, um, shell out some assets that might have some of that that bang for your buck right now and, and stash him for later. Because I do think, though the stock is down, I think it, we still know the ceilings there. It's just so frustrating because I think everything played out perfectly for Taylor this year to have just a monster season with Marlon Mack going down. Um, you know, obviously Indianapolis wants to run the ball. They don't trust Philip Rivers, or they shouldn't trust Philip Rivers. They should not. Uh, um, and it just seems like everything that could go wrong is just between the fumbles and not seeing the holes properly, not hitting the big plays that we are expecting. Naheem Hines scoring some touchdowns that maybe should have went to Jonathan Taylor. Jordan Wilkins eating into some of those touches. It's just been really unfortunate. Um, let's talk about something uh, positive, Kate, and that's Tua Tungavaloa. Uh, 20 for 28, 248 yards and two touchdowns. Also added in 35 yards on the ground. Uh, he looked bad against the Rams last week. This week for the Dolphins not only looked surprisingly competent, uh, he looked really good. And I think this is, you know, if you have, if you have guys like Devontae Parker or Preston Williams on your team, I think you are really encouraged by what Tua brought in this game. And I think long-term, 
you have to be happy with the quarterback situa- situation there in Miami, correct? Oh, I, I think you do, and I think you just have to be sort of happy with the the overall picture of what they're building in Miami. So they they went full rebuild, and you can see the difference in that team. They look like they are an actual NFL roster at this point. They're a competitive they team. They might be a they might be an AFC playoff team. They might be an AFC playoff team, and. Um, you know, I think one of the things that you have to be really happy with is the fact that their defense is playing as well as it is, because that gets a lot of pressure off of a rookie like Tua. Um, gives him just a little, bit, a little bit of space to to breathe and relax. But um, it looked really poised yesterday as seven rushing attempts for 35 yards. You love to see that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think you just saw a. Uh, Lights out comparison from last week against the Rams um, wasn't quite as uh, ugly of a performance, but you've got to be super psyched. And you know, if you got uh, if you got Tua in any of your fantasy leagues, you're going to be, I, I think, happy, um, just like we had projected we mm-hmm. would be. Yeah, this was a really fun quarterback game just in general because Tua was great. Kyler Murray was so much fun. 21 to 26, 283 yards, four total touchdowns. He also added in 106 yards on the ground. Uh, Just a a really, really fun game. So if you didn't get a chance to watch that because you were watching, uh, you know, the Cowboys and Steelers or the Chargers Mm. and Raiders, go to NFL Game Pass, uh, one of our sponsors here on the show, and watch uh, watch that game. Uh, let's do a couple more stock up and stock down. Let's do a, a stock down. And Kate, this one, uh, this one makes me sad. Um, we're gonna do some Ravens pass catchers because <laughs> it's it's been pretty rough this season. Uh, I want to start with Hollywood Brown. Uh, f- five targets yesterday, three receptions for 38 yards. Uh, he dropped a pass. Um, you know, a lot of people were thinking this would be a breakout season for Hollywood. Maybe he would have some. Tyreek Hill like numbers in Baltimore, but through the first eight games of the season, 30 receptions, 400 yards, two touchdowns. He's on pace for you know just over 800 yards. It's been it's been bad. And then Mark Andrews, you know, yesterday was another game where we didn't see very much from him. You know, again, a lot of people were anticipating uh, Mark Andrews to be the third or fourth tight end this year. You know, after a big breakout season last year. Uh, we wanted to see him make the leap. Uh, three catches for 22 yards yesterday, no touchdowns. What are we doing with these Ravens pass catchers? I'm I'm a little worried. Um, and I think this, we can just sort of make this an extension of a conversation we had, I think, last week uh, about just Lamar Jackson and the fact that he is not, not excelling well against, uh, you know, some tougher competition. Uh, they have not had a... a pushover schedule by any means you know uh hollywood brown came out week one against the the browns who have been giving up lots through the air had five for 101 great um but then they saw kansas city who actually proved to be um they're better in their secondary than we thought they would be washington hasn't been uh necessarily a pushover either um had a better day then but pittsburgh one for three and a touchdown like you gotta, you gotta hope that he can do more. Uh, and he being Lamar Jackson against some of these these tougher teams, but just all around, we're seeing this this. You know, mm-hmm. I think 
uh, lack of production because it, it starts at Lamar Jackson. He's not Lamar Jackson as a had passer. 40, yeah, he had 43 passing yards at halftime yesterday. And that's that's what we saw from him early in his career, right? The, like that, the rookie season, right, where yes. he would be able to convert third downs and stuff with his legs, but it was the passing volume was so low that you didn't want any of their pass catchers, right? Yeah, and I think that's what that's what we're dealing with until we see Lamar Jackson trend back up if he does, um, which I'm I'm hoping he does. I he's a, a player that. Um, I wasn't super high on just because of his uh, his ability as a passer, and then we saw him have this lights out season last year. Um, if he can pull some stuff together and and pull himself back together, and we know he can. We know he has the talent to do it. Absolutely. Yeah, and you so you you just wonder sort of what are what else is going on at this point. Um, mm. If he can you know string together some some efficient passing games. I think we're going to see both of these guys bounce back. I don't think it's for lack of talent. I just think it's it's sort of a product of the offense right now, and both of these guys are are a hold for me. But I mean, mm. if if I trust any of them to to bounce back in a meaningful way soon, it's I'm still going to lean on Mark Andrews because you know what? I think he's pretty sure he's still ranked as like the tight end eight on the season. Well, and it's really a positional thing, right? Yeah. Because there's so many wide receivers out there, and the tight end, you know, slate is pretty rough. Yes. I, I do agree with you, though. So it's something to, to monitor with Lamar Jackson. The schedule gets a little bit easier. They play New England this week. I don't think New England is a team that Baltimore should be afraid of, but. Uh, we will see if Lamar can bounce back, and we'll see if those wide receivers uh, can regain any fantasy value. Uh, the last one I wanted to mention, Kate, really quickly for stock up, it's Terry McLaurin. Uh, he's been fantastic this season through eight games, 50 receptions, almost 700 yards, three touchdowns, uh, on pace for 1,400 yards and six touchdowns and 100 receptions. The, the reason I put him in stock up is because once Alex Smith came into the game, it was a pretty noticeable difference in quarterback play. I know they're going with Kyle Allen because he's younger and they want to see, you know, maybe the upside there. But Alex Smith just has a better arm. He was quicker with the ball out of his hands. He was, th- he was throwing on time. I-, I don't think this completely changes Terry McLaurin's value, but I do-, do think it brings up the floor. We've seen, you know, somebody like Tyree Kill be incredibly successful with Alex Smith. I, I know that was, a- you know, a while ago. Eons ago. Uh, yeah, it was. But at the same time, anybody that watched that game yesterday, and I know all four of you are listening to this show right now, <laughs> uh, you could see there was just a difference. So I think over the next you know, eight games into the fantasy football playoffs, I think you're going to be happy with Alex Smith at quarterback for Terry McLaurin just because of uh, the ceiling and the floor there. So any, any comments on McLaurin before we move on? Um, no comments on McLaurin, but holy moly, poor Kyle Allen. Um, God, these, some of these injuries that we've seen suffered this year have just been so brutal and wishing him a a very speedy recovery. I I saw a report right before we came on that he's not ruled out for the season yet though, which is incredible. He could actually come back. Yeah. So, uh, let's, let's hope that everything goes well for Kyle Allen and he's back on the field soon. All right, Kate, let's take one more break and we will come back and we'll do some stash or cash. 
All right, we are back for our final segment of this Monday morning. Uh, some stasher cash, and I want to start with wide receiver Christian Kirk of the Arizona Cardinals. Five receptions for 123 yards and a score yesterday. Uh, he's played really well as of late. You know, we saw last week against Seattle, uh, two touchdowns against Dallas the week before, two touchdowns and 86 yards. Uh, starting to see him become more involved in this offense. Are you stashing or cashing Christian Kirk? I'm stashing. Um, I think what we're seeing is, uh, you know, sort of hinging on on just Kyler Murray. He's a, a buzz with uh, production right now. He's he's using his arm. He's using his legs. Uh, they're moving the ball. Christian Kirk. It, it, you know, it doesn't seem like this is um, a as fluky as it would sound because I feel like it, Christian Kirk has been sort of off off of our radar for a while, but he is the wide receiver 11 from weeks five through uh, finishing up week nine wide receiver 11. Um, he's had uh, five targets, seven targets, three down week, but guess what? He converted uh, mm. two of those three for 86 yards and two touchdowns. So he saved his fantasy day um, and had eight targets in each of the last two games. So he's actually seeing some decent volume. Um, he's, he's, you know, producing touchdowns. I'm buying in. Yeah, I'm, I am buying in too. I think Larry Fitzgerald's not going to be around forever. Uh, it's pretty clear that I don't offense, know. He is. He, he might. <laughs> he might. He, I mean, he might. So, I, I just think Christian Kirk is a really good fit with Kyler Murray because he can play in the slot. He can play outside. He can run some of the short to intermediate routes if he needs to, but he also can you know make plays down the field. I think he's just like the perfect wide receiver too in in the NFL, right? Like the perfect complementary player to to DeAndre Hopkins. So I, I agree with you there. Um, one last stash of cash, and this is a guy that I I can frankly just never quit. It's it's Will Fuller. Um, yesterday against the Jaguars, five receptions for 100 yards and a touchdown. You know, we heard some rumors that Houston maybe would have traded him to Green Bay if Green Bay would have given just a little bit more. Uh, that didn't happen. Uh, Kate, I'm just going to read you his his game log from the last 16 games that he's played in. Um, <laughs> you're at 79 receptions for over 1,100 yards and nine touchdowns. Uh, I mean, that's at the very least like high-end wide receiver two numbers. I know the injuries are always concerning, but whenever he plays and whenever he's relatively healthy, he's a, an incredible fantasy asset, Correct. Oh, he absolutely is. I think um, I, I would say out of all of these players, I, you know, we've done stock up, stock down week and week. I, I think that out of like all of these players, Will Fuller might be the one that we just can't get into consideration for. Like, is this guy a top tier dynasty asset? And nobody, yeah. nobody is willing to give right. that. Maybe, maybe he is. <laughs> he scored in six consecutive games. Um, he's already had four 100-plus yard performances this season. I, you got to be happy with that. I mean, you, he's only really hurt your team in one game, and that was week two. Um, you know, came out of that game uh, questionable with a, a hamstring injury at some point. Um, but you know, other than that one performance, he's yeah. won you your weeks essentially, and he's been a really stable. Uh, stable producer. I think you got to be encouraged about uh, what we've seen just in terms of uh, the lack of Bill O'Brien. Uh, you know, they're moving the ball. They're uh, Brandon Cooks has has also woken up that you know that that helps 
uh, all of the receivers in that offense. I, I like, I mean, he's got to be a top twenty-four wide receiver, right? Yeah, I, I think so. Right? How about because top twenty? I mean, probably just because the ceiling is so high, right? That's like he has one of the most underrated ceilings at this point, and I, I, I don't know what does he have to do to gain the respect of the fantasy football community. I, I think it is to stay healthy, but here's the thing with with health and when it comes to receivers um, in dynasty leagues, especially, it doesn't hurt you as much as it hurts the Texans, right? Because if we know Will Fuller's out. It's not like we're taking a zero in Will Fuller's spot. So anytime that he's healthy, we know that we're getting high-end wide receiver two numbers. And yeah, if you have to fill that in with somebody three weeks out of the year that's not Will Fuller, you're going to take it because of of the potential. So, I mean, we'll have to have a conversation on a different day on on some guys. Who would you would... rather have, Mike Evans or uh, <laughs> Will Fuller? I think the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the answer is still Evans because you're hoping that Brady retires soon and gets out of there because this is just a terrible fit together. But it's way closer than I thought it would be. Let's just say that. Yeah. Yeah. How about how about DJ Chark on the other side of the field for Jacksonville? Because those are similar players, right? Yeah. Both guys that make plays down the field. Chark is probably locked into more targets each and every week, but. Yeah, I think like the, the floor is probably safer with Chark, but I'm still gonna roll with with Will Fuller. I think yeah. uh, the ceiling's too high. I'm I'm loving Will Fuller, and I do think that uh, he is one of the most underrated dynasty assets, even with the production that we've seen from him this year. I think he's a, a great um, a great grab for anybody who is contending. Uh, right. And I, I think that because you can get top-end production from him, but it does not cost you what it sure. might cost you to acquire a Michael Thomas. or a, Like, the ceiling's not as high, the floor is not as high, but you can get, you know, a, a guy that will win you weeks, uh, several weeks, and you get him at, you know, that, that little bit of a discount. Right. Um, I hate that you put me on the spot for Mike Evans or Will Fuller. <laughs> That's just, just mean. Um, I know. I'll, I'll get you back though. We'll do. We'll do some stuff with Zach Moss later. Oh week, God! So. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Remember, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, remember to follow the show at Locked On Dynasty. You can follow Kate at FF Ball Blast, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time.